So one of the biggest reasons, because I get this question all the time, is why do people get overwhelmed and how can I get through it? And on my perspective, overwhelm is because we see a goal or something that we want to achieve. Let's say financial freedom. And all of a sudden, our mind instantly jumps a thousand paces ahead of ourselves trying to figure out how's it going to happen? What's it going to look like? What do I have to do? How's it going to affect the family? How much time will I have with them? And they get overwhelmed because they're trying to figure it all out at one shot. I've learned so much over this first year of podcasting. And I wanted to share with you guys the 10 most life-changing lessons that I've learned this year. So I created a document and it's on my website. What you're going to do, you're going to go there. It's going to be 10 life-changing lessons. Click on that button. It'll ask for your email address so I can email it to you. Sign up for it because these life lessons radically changed the way I viewed my life and the way I started living. It helped me to get better in the areas that I've so desperately wanted to see progress and growth in. And because I know they helped me, I really believe that they will help you. And I wanted this to be a gift for you guys. So I really hope you enjoy this gift and go to the website, thewholepersonpodcast.com to get it. It's free. And I hope you guys enjoy and learn as much as I did from it. Today on the Whole Person Podcast, I have Robert Riopel. He is an international best-selling author, app designer, entrepreneur, trainer, who has spent the past 18 years not only traveling around the world, but also sharing his passion. He has also shared on stage and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders of our world today. With high energy and heartfelt style, Robert draws on his own journey from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32 to inspire individuals tapping into their greatness, realizing that he is not the only person that struggles. So other individuals like you and myself can have better possibilities and find out what lies within ourselves so that we can become absolutely boss at what we do. Robert, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. And I am feeling blessed to be here because one of the things I love is the concept of being that whole person. Most people think it's just success. How can I get more money in life? And they don't realize that you can have all the money in the world, but if you're not taking care of the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, financial, all those areas of your life, you're going to sabotage again and again. So happy to be here, Evan. You bet. You bet. Well, man, I'm really just so interested in your journey uh, to financial freedom. So let's, let's just kind of start there. You were in $150,000 of debt. How old were you when you maxed that? Um, well, I was 31 at the time when my wife and I got to that level before we were able to turn our lives around. And what kind of debt was that? Well, it was debt that came from basically instant gratification. I'll call it that. Uh, wanting to have all the toys. When my wife and I ended up becoming Domino's Pizza franchisees, which according to the world, we never should have been able to do because we didn't have the money to do it. Um, we started making some, what we thought at the time was pretty good money. And when we became franchisees at 23, it was pretty good money. But what's interesting is as we started making more money, we started spending more. We wanted to have all the toys, all like two vehicles. We had one of our stores in a lake community. So we wanted a boat. And the funny thing was, is our busy season was during boating season. So even though we had a boat, it sat in our driveway looking pretty with all the expenses, but we never got to use it. So our debt got built up from just not understanding why we were spending money the way we were. Gotcha. And so what did that feel like? Uh, you know, I tell people that financial stress is probably the biggest stress, the worst stress I've ever experienced. And it's something that I think a lot of your listeners can really appreciate as well, that it is a big, bad, nasty stress. And so it, it impacted all areas of life, health especially. Yeah. Side note, I used to work for Domino's. It no was, way. Yeah, dude, it was terrible. It was, so like I was working at a hardware store at the time and we, that summer we had like five freezes in the summer and I was in lawn and garden and it killed so much inventory. It killed like a hundred thousand dollars of inventory 
And so the company decided to, to do some layoffs. And I knew I was one of the low men on the totem pole. Uh, and so ironically, the guy who owned Domino's Pizza was looking for a new manager. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I could probably do that. But, you know, he liked my work ethic and everything because he came, our stores were really close. And so anytime he needed a nut or bolt or something, he, he came to the store. And, and he did this, like he, he interviewed me before he gave me the job and I didn't know it was an interview. And I, it was at my, my job at Ace Hardware. And he was like, so let me ask you this. Is it ever okay to lie? And I didn't have an automatic response. I didn't say yes. And I didn't say no. I, I was thinking that through because obviously you don't want to lie, but you know, if you see an ax murdered chasing someone and that person's hiding, you're obviously not going to say, yeah, he's over there. Go kill him. <laughs> you know? And so I, I paused and I didn't say a thing. And he goes, okay, you passed. You, you answered it correctly. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you didn't give me an answer. You paused. You thought about it. That's what I look for in a manager. And so long story short, he basically offered me the job on the spot. And I simultaneously was going through real estate school at the time. And so I decided not to take the manager's position and to just take, um, you know, one of the in-store positions. That way I could still go through my real estate stuff because that was my ultimate goal. He was so bad at being a boss. Oh my gosh. His store got taken away from him a few years later. And I did not feel that bad after that, after getting fired from him when his store got taken away because, you know, he just made up so many lies and excuses and a lot of like issues in the store was his fault for not managing properly or ordering properly or having his sons work in there at the same time who would always fight. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But Domino's took his store away. Um, and then maybe... And he, and you know that's that's um, a kind of a common theme sometimes because you know I love I love franchises because they have a system. And Domino's Pizza used to love to say that the average age of a franchisee is twenty three, which is the age my wife and I were when we bought the stores, because you had to qualify, you had to manage the store successfully to earn the right to be a franchisee. But what they didn't like to tell people is the average franchisee, the new one, would go bankrupt within six months. And the reason was is because they'd come in and they changed the system. Mm -hmm. I'm now the owner. Ego would kick in. I'm going to do it my way. And so it's interesting, you know, when you share that story, I've heard a number of stories like that because people were great maybe as managers, but as franchisees, terrible. And even my wife and I, I there's, when we look back, there's no reason we should have made it the first two years, let alone nine years of franchisees. Because it was a stumbling, learning, uh, you know, journey. But thank, thank goodness, we just wouldn't give up. And I got. Can we pause for a quick second? Yeah. My my pet pig. She's she's having a freak out right now. I gotta go. She must have rolled out of bed. I gotta go get her set back up. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. I do. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> That's funny. How big is this pig? That, that sounded pretty monstrous. She's uh, 265 pounds. And it's a pig. And, and she's still, yeah, and she's still considered a miniature. She's actually, um, here's a secret. She doesn't know she's a pig. She thinks she's a dog, so don't tell her. And uh, she's... When, when, when are you going to get some bacon out of this deal? Yeah, not happening. No, not happening. And she's a princess. So yeah, she, she rolled out of bed. And, and because you know, she's round. She got high centered and couldn't get herself up onto her feet. That's why she was freaking out. That's funny. So, so she's all good now. So you're not gonna, um, make any bacon? No, no. You know, we've had, we started bottle feeding her at two days old. She's now almost 10 years old and she is family. I gotta tell you. That's we funny. are going to eventually write a ch series of children's book based on her called The Adventures of Gracie May. Because she is just, she's taught us so many life lessons. So okay. many. Okay. I've got to hear how a pig teaches you life lessons. Just, just expand <laughs> on that for me, please. <laughs> well, one is tenacity. If there's something that she wants, she is not deterred from it. 
she is going to be like, and, and if there's something she doesn't want to do, I'll tell you this, you will not get a 265 pound pig to do anything they don't want to do. So focus, tenacity, these are the kind of things. And, and, you know, people, a lot of people, they go, Hey, I'd love to have a, uh, a pig as a pet. And my wife and I educate a lot of people that they're more work than you think. And they're not like a dog where they always stay active. Adult pigs sleep most of the day. And so if you wake her up before noon, she's a grumpy girl. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really curious. I'm sure so is the audience. Potty training. What is that like? Oh, but hey, here's the thing. They are so smart. At a week old, we had trained her to hop into a tray, do her business on a pee pad, like a puppy training pad, and hop out. That's how smart they are. And this is one of the things we educate people on is because they'll go, um, everybody thinks they want a miniature pig. And miniature pigs, for the most part, don't stay small. Um, but what breeders will do, and, and look, I hope a breeder hears this because I have problems with a lot of the breeders, is they'll, uh, a pig can actually breed at the age of three months old. So a breeder will sit there and say, here's mom. See how small she is? That's how small your pig's going to stay. And yet a pig will grow to the first five years, to the age of five, they're growing. And um, she's still considered a miniature at 265 pounds because in, in the wild, they grow to be a thousand plus pounds. And yet people are thinking their pig's going to stay 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. That's yeah. it. And so also when they get bigger, a lot of people then get rid of them, which is unfortunate, right? And so... Um, for breeders, the other thing that they do is they'll sit there and they'll go, there was a breeder that got shut down. She was charging $2,500 per pig, which, okay, I have no problem with that. Dog breeders and that, they charge more. But then she'd say, oh, and if you want your pig potty trained by the time you pick it up, so you don't have to worry about that, she, I'll only, I'll, I'll take care of the complete training for only $500 extra. Not, you know, the customer not knowing that they're that easy to train. You take hot air popcorn, you can teach her to do anything. She loves her hot air popcorn. So, wow. That's, that's, did not expect this conversation, but I'm glad we're having it. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's true life because, you know, positive reinforcement. If you, if you try to discipline her in a harsh way, you've heard the saying pig headed. Well, there's a place that that came from. If you try to discipline her, she will get pig-headed and nothing's going to happen. But if you use positive reinforcement, like I say, you can train her and get her to um, learn things instantly. It's very, very cool. And as humans, if we would kind of take on that same kind of mindset, watch what could happen for our whole life, right? And so, yeah, there's a lot of lessons. So we're going to do a series of children's books, and they'll be just short stories, and, of, and they'll be based on her real life from two days old when we started bottle feeding her to, you know, where she is at the time. So tell me how you used pig mentality to get out of debt. <laughs> what was that well, we didn't, we didn't have her um, at that time, but it does come down to focus. It really does. See, when we were in debt, we didn't realize the main reason we were in debt is because what we learned as children we, um, around money and wealth, we were now actually subconsciously, unconsciously using in our day-to-day -day life. Uh, and so as an example, my family, I'm the youngest of four, my wife, youngest of five, both very, very poor families. And in my family, if times were tough, we made it work. My parents made sure we got through. We never went without food. We never went without the basics. But anytime times got better, we'd just instantly start spending the money. Now, I remember, I think it was 1978, my dad got a $2,000 tax return. And for, especially in 78, that was huge. And all of a sudden we went from struggling to, well, we have this extra $2,000. Every one of the four kids, we got a new bicycle. My mom got a China cabinet and they bought a, a used vehicle. And all of a sudden the money's gone and we're back to being tight again. So I automatically ingrained, oh, okay, when times are tough, you do, what, um, you do whatever you need to do to get by. But if you get extra money, spend it. And so that's what I would do. And I, then I took it to a whole new level. I just kept spending, spending. So we got in deep debt and we had a lot of uh, monthly expenses. And when people look at financial freedom, what they don't realize is there's a definition. What does it mean to be financially free? Well, the definition of financial freedom is when you have passive income, which I never even knew what that was. Passive income, to keep it easy, money working instead of you. 
business working for you. And I'm going to guess, Evan, you probably have some passive incomes working for you because you seem like a pretty bright person. Ish, yeah. I mean, we have a 401k and we have some cryptocurrency. Okay. See, an ish. I love that word ish. I love the word ish. So most people don't even know that a 401k can work for them or that crypto, something like investments can work. So we had no idea. So we had no passive income, but we had a lot of expenses, Mm -hmm. which means we'd never have financial freedom. And we ended up, uh, our first personal development that I ever was introduced to, we did a three-day weekend that totally changed our mindset. We realized why we were spending money the way we were, why it was happening, that we took ownership, that we were the ones causing it. And the person teaching the course gave us one very simple instruction. He said, rich people think long-term, poor people think short-term. He said, so if you want to get financial freedom, take a look at your expenses and be willing to simplify. Simplify and really cut down. What don't you need right now in this moment that if you were to get rid of it, it would bring your expenses down and then start working on passive income so that you can create financial freedom. And my wife and I sat down and we had some hard discussions. What don't we need right now? What could we simplify in our life? And we started cutting things out. Like we sold the boat instantly. We didn't need a boat. We weren't using it. So we sold it and got rid of the expenses. We were always working together in the stores. So we only need one vehicle. So we sold one of the vehicles, got rid of the expenses. And so we dramatically started reducing our monthly expenses. And at the same time, we ended up looking into and, and studying and learning what are some passive incomes that we could use. And within nine months, we went from that $150,000 in debt to actually our passive income ex, um, surpassed our monthly expenses. So now we are technically financially free. But here's something I want your audience to understand, Evan, because you're, and I'm going to ask the question to you this way. When you're reading my bio, when you're learning about me, and you heard that I went from $150,000 in debt to financially free in nine months at the age of 32, did your mind at all think that that meant I was instantly wealthy? No. What did your mind think? Well, being more versed in this area, my, my first thought was, what did he sell and how hard did he work? That was literally... Ah, see... And, and that, that right there is a snapshot of your programming is that you think hard work is what's going to make you more successful. So we'll talk about that in your show here as debt. well. Get out of debt. <laughs> to get out of debt. Yeah, well, and exactly. So what a lot of people, they will think, because I've tested this with my audience around the world, is I'll ask them and say, raise your hand if you think that meant I was instantly a millionaire in that nine months. And the majority of the audience will put their hand up. And so then I say, now let me educate you. No, we weren't wealthy, but we were financially free. We had enough passive income to pay for those expenses. But here's where the magic works. Because now talking about creating wealth, hard work at getting out of debt, hard work to get wealth created. When we were running our Domino's pizzas, we were working 60, 70, 80 or more hours per week just to earn that living. We know how to work hard. It was ingrained in us how to work hard. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, we're financially free. We don't have to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week in our store anymore. So we just freed up that much time. And there's a universal principle that says if you, what you focus on expands. So we actually made a commitment to take 10. Did you take like Keller Williams Bold class or something? Nope. Don't, I haven't even heard that name. Um, uh, have, you, have you ever heard of uh, T. Harbecker? I have not. And Secrets of the Millionaire Mind? Nope. Okay, that that's, was my first introduction to personal development. And that's actually um, a lot of the material I teach all over the world. Gotcha. Pre-COVID, of course, pre-COVID. And <laughs> so what we decided to do is we took 10-hour commitment. We said we will commit to 10 hours per week creating wealth. And all of a sudden now, we still had 40 more or more hours a week to, our, to do whatever we wanted. But taking that 10 hours a week and committing it towards actually focusing on creating wealth creating wealth became very, very easy. Okay. So I want to interject maybe some limiting beliefs that I may or may not have. Um, I I don't want to say they're limiting beliefs. It's just life. Okay. Right. So we have three boys who we love dearly. And so when you say work 
spend 10 hours of doing that. We're just like, where, where's the time for my wife and I, she works full time. I work full time. And then when work time's done, it's literally all hands on six, three and like seven months. So like we're right in the thick of it. So maybe it's just not that time right now in our life. I don't know. But the other thing too, is in terms of building wealth, we're, we're at a unique stage because I shouldn't say wealth, but freedom, because right now, you know, if, if we didn't have daycare expenses or private school expenses, uh, things would be pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but, <laughs> but we do have uh, daycare expenses and a private school expense. And I look at that and some people are like, oh, wow, you have private school. You must know. You have no idea how stressful <laughs> it is. Like, it's not like, oh, this is extra. Like, this is sacrifice. Yes. This is an extra. Um, it's, it's 100% sacrifice. It, it means we're doing without on a lot of other things. And so. Yes. Yes. And, and, and those are the, see, that's not a limiting belief. That's you saying, this is a decision we've made. This is a commitment we've made and that we're now willing to carry through. So that same commitment, and that's exactly what's going to allow you to create more in your life. Now, but I want you to notice something you, that you did. What you grabbed onto was the 10 hours a week, but you missed the part where I said we freed up 60 or more hours a week to now have that 10 hours a week. Gotcha. See? So what I would recommend for you, because family is so important. And here's, again, why I love the concept of your podcast, because it's not about, um, I'm going to get wealth at any expense. It's no, family's important. Health is important. Everything's important. How do we have that, you know, make sure we're working on all of them? Because the one area, and I, I want your listeners to really get this, the one area you don't put focus on is the area that's going to sabotage everything else. So if you sit there and say, you know what? Okay, Robert said, I'm going to spend 10 hours a week. So honey, you and I are going to do this. The kids are just going to have to suck it up for the next little while. Well, that's going to come back and bite you down the road because it'll be like, well, what happened all those years? We didn't get a lot of time with you. So here's where you start. Is it, I encourage my students to take 30 minutes a day and just take 30 minutes and find a way to do one of three things. Either take that time to learn about different investments, just to increase your knowledge. So it might be reading a newspaper, it might be say, oh, you know, stocks, I want to learn a little bit, or crypto, you mentioned crypto. I'm going to take 30 minutes a day to learn just a little bit more about crypto. That's one thing you can do with that time. A second thing you can do that with that time is actually do some kind of investing. The biggest thing that people miss, and it's why I made it one of the steps in my book, is Step number three in my book, Success Left a Clue, is take action. Mm -hmm. Most people just think, 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 but they don't do it. So use that 30 minutes today to say, well, I'm going to actually, okay, I've been learning about crypto. Let's get into it. Let's put, and I'm not saying you have to jump full in and put a ton of money. No, you just start. Right. See, what people don't realize is doing the habits are more important than trying to be perfect at it because right. you're going to be terrible in the beginning. And then- then the third thing you can do at that time is as you get better and better is look at other different kinds of passive incomes that you can start like a business that you can turn into a passive and never, I don't want anybody to think that I'm ever saying success is going to be easy. Okay. You've got three kids, six, three, and how many months? Seven. First of all, congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> boys. And oh, oh, that's where you go. Oh boy. <laughs> and so on everything. And, and which one's the most like you, would you say? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd probably say my middle child. Yeah. I bet your wife could answer, answer that question instantly. <laughs> and, and so with your keep making sure you're working on the whole person is I, I'm never going to tell people that success is easy. Now it is simple. Meaning there's systems, there's things people have done that if you do what they did, you can get the results, but it's not easy because you do have to put the work in. 
And especially when someone's raising a family, one of the reasons people don't create financial success is they get overwhelmed trying to figure out it all. And, and I'm going to kind of take it in this direction. Well, uh, let me ask you the question. Would you, have you ever felt overwhelmed before? No, never. I, I, exactly. Wrong answer. <laughs> but thank you for playing. <laughs> yeah, here it comes. <laughs> uh, he's looking for the button. I love it. Yeah, there we go. I love it. So one of the biggest reasons, because I get this question all the time, is why do people get overwhelmed and how can I get through it? And on my perspective, overwhelm is because we see a goal or something that we want to achieve. Let's say financial freedom. And all of a sudden, our mind instantly jumps a thousand paces ahead of ourselves trying to figure out how's it going to happen? What's it going to look like? What do I have to do? How's it going to affect the family? How much time will I have with them? And they get overwhelmed because they're trying to figure it all out at one shot. And so my recommendation, and I'd love for you to do this with me, Evan. Go ahead and just take a nice deep breath in. And let it out. And just come back to present right now and ask yourself a simple question. What is one step I could take right now to move towards that goal? And then take that step. You know, there's a reason saying says success comes one step at a time. But yet most people are trying to figure out a thousand steps. Yeah. So anytime you get overwhelmed, just take in a deep breath and say, okay, right here, right now, what's one, one thing I can do? to move towards that goal and then take that step. But then now, once you've taken it, celebrate it, Mm. celebrate it. Might be a fist bump or just like a yes, whatever it is, anchor it in. So you honor yourself for actually taking one step and then take another step. So in the moment, maybe you're trying to figure out. When you say anchor it, go ahead, say that again. When you say anchor it in, what does that mean for people who might not know? Well, it means doing some kind of physical movement so that it anchors into the cells of your body. It goes from your head down into your body itself. So one of the ones I love. It's like muscles. And I'll get you to do this with me. It is absolutely that. Even though we're on audio, but I can see you. Here's what I'd love for you to do. Take your hand, put it up in the air, palm face backwards. Palm back. And pat yourself on the back. Yeah. And then just pat yourself on the back. And, be- <laughs> Are those any and see, I couldn't so- reach back there. <laughs> but you, you used your other hand to help out. That's awesome. Go lower. There we go. <laughs> so it could be something as simple as just patting yourself on the back. You must pat yourself, yourself a high five. To be able to reach that. <laughs> well, that's because that's one of my things. As I want to make sure I, I acknowledge it. We're so, and I can only speak from my experience. I am so good at beating myself up. Right. For, I've had, I've had, I won't even just say years. I've had decades of experience beating myself up. So the moment I get the chance to acknowledge myself and people go, well, isn't that ego? Isn't that being self-centered? Well, I'll tell you, I have a really good friend. And I love what he says. He says, it's not being self-centered. It's being centered in yourself. See, we are afraid to let some of our greatness show. We're afraid to express. But if you authentically express your amazingness with confidence, not arrogance, that's not only going to help you move forward, but you're now going to attract people to you that are going to go, huh, there's something about that person. I want to know what it is. You were sharing the story with Domino's. There's a reason that franchisee was attracted to your energy and asked you that question and wanted to hire you. Because there was, you weren't even having to say the words, but you were, your energy was reflecting confidence that you have in yourself. And, and how many people do you meet, Evan, that you can look at them and you can tell that they have such self-doubt, it's holding them back from doing even better things. Yeah. All the time. And they don't even have to say a word. Mm-hmm. So this is, again, when you're talking about the whole person, taking care of the whole thing, it's a journey, it's an exercise. And if you are willing to enjoy the journey, be nicer to yourself and be willing to make adjustments along the way, you'll be amazed at what you can create. Mm. 
I'm watching the wheels turning in your head. <laughs> right. That's funny. So go ahead. I was going to ask, so where are you right now? Where did, where did you just go? Cause you are in your head. Right. I, well, I, I think where I'm at in my head is what it would take to move towards more passive income or at least less expense. And so right now time is one of the big struggles because not only am I doing this podcast, not only do I have a real estate business and I'm also starting a ministry, you know, the, the best way for passive income probably would be through the podcast in terms of finding a way uh, or finding the needs of those that listen um, and the needs of other people around me and what they want training in, develop a course that can function without me and then that sell. That would be. So that is, not, that is a possibility, but let me ask you this question because I'm noticing the hesitation and you're trying to process it and you're now a thousand steps ahead. <laughs> so bringing you back to present, the question is this. In your reality right now, do you feel you have the time to do that, to create that course. Not at all. So then that's what's going to cause more stress and struggle for you, which is then you're going to become busy, but not necessarily productive. Right. So are are you following what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that's where the resistance and the hesitation is going to come up because now then you're going to get frustrated. You're going to beat yourself up. You know, it's going to take time away from my family. So I'm not keeping on those commitments and you're going to sabotage. So you mentioned you have a real estate company. Okay. What do you do in your real estate company? Is it, are you an investor? What is it that you do? I'm a real estate agent. You're a real estate agent. Okay. Excellent. So how long have you been doing that? Eight years. Eight years. And have you actually done, so you much, obviously you understand the real estate industry fairly well. Correct. Okay. And have you ever done any real estate investing on your own? I have not. And now why? Um, two reasons. One, I've never been in a good financial position to be able to invest right. recently. That being said, um, th- so, so I'm looking at investing several ways. One, I invest my money and I try to reap the majority of it, or I work at finding other investors use their money, but since I'm doing all the legwork, mm-hmm. I keep 50% or whatever we... That's right, yeah. And so that has basically been a struggle point. I've, I've talked to a few people and it sounded good. And then when I was like, all right, let's do this. It's like, oh, no, never mind. And so I just keep on doing what I do, which is sell houses. Right. So again, there's a resistant point hitting up because it's something that you've worked on and now your mind's going, do I have the time to fully make it work? Right. So we've, we've checked out two opportunities or two possibilities. So I'm going to give you a third one. Yep. And, and I want you to track with me on this and check this out. How many podcasts have you now done? How many episodes? Dude, I'm probably like on 120. <laughs> All right. And you said you have a producer? And you, so you have a producer and you have a, an assistant, correct? Yep. And an editor. And an editor. See, and this is a new realm I just entered in. See, I did 104 episodes and of my um, podcast, but again, I didn't, um, I haven't recorded an episode in over two years. But the reason I did my podcast was not so much as to build the podcast, but it was to capture the amazing information that just happens in natural flow of recording a podcast. And so because you've already got 100 plus episodes, one of the things I would suggest or recommend to create a passive income that can help you go is I just had one of my assistants go through and categorize. I asked them to take and um, go through the transcripts of all my podcasts and categorize them. She came up with six different categories. And now I have on Fiverr.com, I have someone creating PDFs of each of those categories and taking my transcripts writing them so they flow nicely and putting some illustrations, very inexpensive to do on, on uh, Fiverr. And now I'm going to have six 
a series of six PDFs that I can use to lead capture and or do a bump up sale without me having to do a lot of extra work because I'm about, I want it automated because like you, I'm busy. Like you, I want to make sure I have balance in all areas and passive income. Why not have that evergreen generic where it could be something as simple as, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you love what I'm, you're hearing on the podcast, we've put them into categories and we have these e-booklets that you can get any one for $7 or get all, um, however many you come up with for me, six, all six for 25. Click on the link in the show notes and pick that up. And now you can have that evergreen and you can have people creating and buying. And it's now, once you set it up once, it's producing for you. And because you've done a lot of the work already, it wouldn't take you much to make those adjustments and turn it into a passive income. Right. Does that make sense? It does. See, you're a thinker. I am. (laughs) You're a thinker. And that's, that is one of your greatest assets, Evan. But here's the other thing. It's also one of the biggest things that holds you back. Probably. I want to say yes and no, because I used to be the guy like, oh, I thought, and then I just run with it. And it would just, how can I put it? I would wing everything. And that wasn't mm-hmm. any good either. So now I try to do things with a little bit more planning and preparation so it turns out better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and look, everything you've done and everything you've gone through has made you who you are today. Right. And so honor that instead of saying, well, I used to wing it. That didn't turn out good. Now I, you know, it's like, look, from that I learned and here's how I'm now going to use it. And utilize that because, you know, if you've already got three youngsters, you're already doing real estate, you're already creating things, you are, believe it or not, thousands of steps ahead of most people. But yet, unless you allow yourself to own that, and this is where, you know, and this is why the celebration comes in, it's so important, is because most people, they forget to actually celebrate and acknowledge. Because maybe as a child, they're taught, don't brag. No, you speak your truth and do it with confidence, again, not arrogance. It's not like, hey, look how great I am. It's like, no, I actually, I guess I have done some stuff. And because of that, I'm in the position I'm in today. Yeah. And you own it. And by owning it, that's going to allow you to move forward. So when you hired someone to do that, did they listen to all your, well, it might be a little bit easier to listen to your five to 10 minute episodes than my hour long episodes. (laughs) I think the price difference might jump up a little bit there. (laughs) Well, yes and no, because, so here's what I did and I'll give you the whole details is um, right from the beginning, as soon as I record a podcast, one of the things I have done is it's transcribed automatically. Okay. So that I could put each transcript on my website. And I, again, I used fiber.com amazing woman and her team um, for every one of my episodes for up to 15 minutes, five bucks. So it would cost you maybe 20 bucks to transcribe any, and you could probably nowadays do it even cheaper for an hour long. And I did that right off the bat. So that as soon as someone goes to my website, not only can they listen, which is some people are auditory, some people are visual. They could now read the transcript if they want as well. And then I hired a virtual assistant. I've got some amazing people and it took her three days. She was going to go longer because she was reading it all, but then she um, started listening and she was able to go through it quicker in the categorizing. And then from there, yeah, I just went, now that I've got the categories, I went back to Fiverr and I said, you know, I've got here, what can you do? I would like to see a PDF with some, you know, things put into it. An amazing woman just finished my very first one. She just sent it to me to look at. She's got great graphics in it. 35 pages long. It's now an ebook. Yeah. And, and it, it took me very little effort. And I'd say in total, so that one had nine episodes in it. So maybe I spent $40 on the transcripts plus then uh, $150 to have the PDF done for under 200 bucks. I now have a money making um, generating PDF that can be used and bought again and again and again and again and again. How much total was that? About $200 to put it all together. That's nice. Right? See, and that's the mindset. And this is what I want you and your listeners to understand because you're talking about mentoring you. And, and, you know, this is why I'm honing in on you because what we're talking to you about, I guarantee there's numbers of your listeners that are getting some nuggets of gold right, gold right. right now or clues as I like to give well, them. That might not be directly. And the, the question then is, 
something else that they can apply. Oh, absolutely. As an example, because we're talking. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. That's where some of the greatest um, ideas can come from is notice what other people are doing. How did they do it? Open up your mind to other possibilities because we get into that tunnel vision. There's a saying that says you don't know what you don't know. Right. Like as an example, when I was sitting in the first audience as a student back in uh, April of 2001 or March of 2001, if back then someone had said, Robert, you're going to go on to become a world-class trainer, international best-selling author, traveling around the world and personally train over half a million people. If someone would have told me that, Evan, I would have told them they were absolutely nuts. Why? Because it wasn't in my perception at the time. But I was open to new ideas, which I used to be one of the most closed down people out there. I grew up in a, in a um, society. Well, you know what the term redneck is, correct? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. The, the city I live um, near, where we have our acreage, is called Red Deer, Alberta. And its nickname is Redneck Red Deer, Red Deer, because it is very redneck. And that's how I grew up. So I had a very limiting beliefs. And that's why even when someone said, oh, you should, uh, I'll date myself here. My brother-in-law, he said, there's this guy named Tony Robbins. I bought his cassette tapes. You've got to listen to these. It'll change your life. And I'm like, why would I do that? I'm good. I don't need any of that stuff because I wasn't open to it. But the moment out of necessity, yeah, financial debt, necessity, I finally opened up to, well, something's obviously not working. I need to do something different. That's when I changed and I started realizing that there's more than just one way to look at things. Right. Interesting. So in this process of becoming financially free and finding time to plan for it, what are some other important aspects? Because I think, let me rephrase this. Let me, let me reiterate what I'm hearing in this process. One, you created margin in your life because you were maxed out with debt and time and capability. And so you looked to shed dead weight. And Correct. you shed that and then that gave you margin. And when you have margin, then you can operate in that margin to create uh, systems and other things of freedom, which then in return gave you more margin. Correct. Okay. See, you got to figure it out. Right. <laughs> well, again, my head's going 10 different directions on like, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. I'm just trying to stay in my lane with starting the ministry, continuing the podcast and staying consistent in real estate. <laughs> And, and see, that's, that's the key right there. Instead of getting scattered, choose one or two of those lanes and stick with them. Yeah. My, my new book is called the authority master key that I'm writing right now. And I talk about what's the, the, or it's the authority key. And I call the master key Mm -hmm. and the master key. I use the acronym vital and the L in vital stands for loyal. You've got to stay loyal to your dreams which yeah. means when you pick it, stay with it. Most people give up too easy. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, it's funny because ministry has been a dream. Uh, podcasting has been a dream. My career as a real estate agent, I love. And I'm really glad I have that other than working on another thing. But I got into real estate because I wanted to be an investor. But I've gotten... Mm-hmm this rabbit hole of being stuck of I pigeonholed myself where I've just allowed myself to be a real estate agent versus an investor. And so, so if there's an area that I need to move well, here's the other thing too. So like my, my, what I put into cryptocurrency, my hope is that in two or three years or less that it would grow to the point where we could pull the money out and then pay our house off. And then that creates more margin. And with that, mm-hmm. not having to pay the mortgage, then we can go back and use in a rental property. Um, that, that would be my, my setup, I, I believe. That, that would be my goal. 
versus that money and going to buy a rental property. I'd rather be out of debt myself and then use what money we have monthly for uh, a rental and then get someone in there and then they pay that off. Which is great, but also understand, Evan, there's good debt and there's bad debt. Right. Okay. And so as an example, what you're talking about and what you just shared with wanting to be able to use, say, the profits from crypto to pay off your house so that you now have money to go do something else. Which, which I'm a long way away from, just FYI. <laughs> well, and, and, and look, hey, I, I have, um, my wife and I three years ago bought this beautiful property we're on. And the main reason we bought it is to be able to build our training studio so that instead of me traveling around the world, we can actually have my students come see me which is another form of setting up an income, right? But one of the things that we've always done with our homes is when we've kept a mortgage, because to me, and it's different than way, say like a Robert Kiyosaki might think, he says, you know, that your house is not an asset, it's a liability because it's an expense, right? But the way I look at it, especially with where interest rates are right now, I would rather have the low interest on my mortgage and utilize some equity in my house to get other investments going. And that's what we've always done. And that's one of the reasons we've been able to have the success that we have is because instead of focusing on, and and, and this is a mindset thing, what you focus on expands. If you look at universal principles, what you focus on expands, law of attraction. So if you're focused on getting rid of your debt, you're actually focusing on debt, which means you're going to keep creating debt. And you're not subconsciously, you're going to be doing it. I hear what you're, you're saying. You're not aware of it. I hear what you're saying. I'm yeah, sorry to disagree. And here's why. In terms of using the equity in your house to go buy other rental properties or whatever, having been in this industry for eight years, I've seen more people royally screw themselves because they maxed out their own debt on their own mm-hmm. Uh, house and then the investment didn't go well and now they're stuck in a bad place financially so i would much rather again build the margin and then operate out of margin versus capitalize on using uh debt that way and then in terms of you focus on expense i agree with that but you, you I, th- I think we're missing we're going to disagree on this, which is fine. You said, if you focus on getting out of debt, you're focusing on debt and therefore you're going to create more. I disagree. I think if you're focusing on getting out of debt, what you're focused on will expand, which is you're getting out of debt more rapidly because that happened in our own life. You know, I yes. have around $35,000 of debt between student loan, uh, car, storm shelter, and medical expenses. Yeah. And other than medical expenses in our house, everything else is paid off. Yes. And we're seeing the same thing. We're absolutely the same thing. And this is actually that missing piece you were talking about just a few minutes ago. See, um, having a way of reducing your debt as part of a system of managing your money and taking care of your finances, absolutely. Because now it's something that you're doing. You're paying it down. But most people, they put all their focus. That's what I'm referring to. Is there, the reason they're so stressed out is because they're going, oh my goodness, look at all the debt I'm in. I've got to, I've got to put everything on getting out of that debt. And that's what creates the, the other effect of it. So you are like, you're right on track with that. And that's why when we teach people, it's about you make paying down debt, past debt is part of your plan. You make it part of the plan, not your sole focus. Well, and the, the other thing too is when we were paying down debt, you know, we made sure we had five grand in savings first. And the reason why is because I noticed any emergency that we had, even though the baby step of Dave Ramsey is $1,000, $1,000 isn't much to get you out of an emergency. And so what I found Especially out, today, especially yeah. today. And what I found out specifically, you know, we would keep $1,000 in savings and then we'd work down paying out debt and then an emergency would happen and then we'd have no option but more debt. And so I reversed it where I put more down in our savings account. That way, when the emergency did happen, you know, it didn't cause us to go back into debt. And then we also just kept, um, oh, what's the word? Debt snowballing out. And then that took a process of about seven or eight months, I would say, to get down. Now we still have medical debt. And this is where I'm leveraging what you're saying. I, I right now, could go pay off all our medical debt. I'm not going to because... 
one, I have an HSA that we're putting money in tax-free to pay that. So I'm not going to spend additional money that is taxed to go do that. And the other thing too, there's no um, interest on it. And right. so I'm just, to me, it's that's like- That's a smart, that's a smart debt. Yeah, I'm just going to, well, I mean, that I I, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's smart because we didn't die and we had to go to the hospital. So yeah. Uh, but instead of trying to pay it off. All <laughs> but it would have, and, and yeah, right. That's the part I'm talking about smart is, is you're going, Hey, this is costing me the same, whether I pay it down slowly or if I pay it all at once. So that's what I'm saying. That's smart is the way you're doing that. Right, right. now. Let me ask you this question, Evan. Do you believe that words have power? Of course. And so in our just last minute and a half of conversation, one of the things, and do you, well, let me ask the other question. Do you believe in the law of attraction? Uh, probably not in the same way that you do. Okay. Cool. There's a lot of people that look at the secret as, um, you know, speaking to yeah. the universe. I don't, I, as a Christian, I, I don't believe that the universe does that. I think there are actual laws such as gravity that have been created in this um, dimension that we live in. Because whether you realize it or not, there are multiple dimensions of creation and we're only in this one and we can only see in this one. So there are different exactly. of the metaphysical, like, like legitimately this is true and scientific and spiritual. Like this isn't me making stuff up. And so <laughs> when, we, when people talk about energy and freak out over, you know, oh my gosh, you know, you said energy earlier and the law of attraction with energy. No, no, no. So, I mean, think of a radio. I mean, the reason why I can have radio in my car is because there's two transmitters, one sending, one's receiving, and it's an energy wave going in between. Our bodies have a nuclear capability that if like it took all the stored energy in our bodies and put it in a bomb, it would be nuclear. Like that's how much stored energy our bodies have. Absolutely. Just like radio frequencies, our bodies have energy that transmits. Everything is energy. Yeah, everything, everything is energy. The way God created it is everything is energy. Now, here's where people get. Yes. Just for those of you who well, are. Okay. I was so just I'm, I'm going to back it up, though, real quick. Because yeah. I love the, where this is oh, going. God, and the reason on. I was. Go ahead. Yeah. One of the things that stops people financially is, is because of a word that you used. Okay. I have an emergency fund. They've been taught to have an emergency fund. So if you talk about energy, having an emergency fund, what word are you putting up to the universe that there's going to be an emergency? So you're actually creating the reality of emergencies coming into your life. So one little adjustment is instead of having an emergency fund or a rainy day fund, because with a rainy day fund, you'll get lots of rainy days where you're going to need that money, create a contingency fund. Because not even the universe knows what the hell that means. Right? And, and one little change in your wording can make all the change in the world because I'm a huge believer in having that contingency fund off to the side. And it could be invested making money that if I ever needed it, it's there. But not going, here's my emergency fund because I don't want to attract emergency. Because yeah. you're right, everything is energy. And whether we're speaking it or feeling it or thinking it, we're sending those energy waves out and there's a receptacles. And again, I love that you're about to talk to say like people um, to Christians that, you know, God is receiving that, but it's like, why isn't he or she, whatever you want to go by, why aren't they, I, I asked for this. Yeah. Why am I not getting back? Because I've learned in my journeys that there's one is you set out, well, if you, you've heard of Garth Brooks, yeah, I'm going to guess one of my favorite songs is some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. If we got everything we wanted, careful what you ask for. Some of our greatest gifts, some of our greatest blessings come from what we thought we wanted or didn't want, but what showed up. If you're open to what comes into your life, that's where things really work out. And that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down. But I'll go back to the rabbit hole you were going down. I just wanted to touch on the emergency. (laughs) Well, in terms of energy, you know, there's in New Ageism, they look at God as energy. But we know that's not the case because God is outside of matter and time. Therefore, he can't be energy. The creator created energy. And so for people that 
in spiritualism and, and new ageism that looks at God as energy. It's, it's just wrong. But as Christians, you know, don't be freaked out when people talk about energy because it literally is space, time, and matter that God created, which are some of the fundamental design of how the physical world um, operates. Right. And knowing the, the laws of energy so that we as individuals can operate in a world that is created with these unknowing, unconscious laws. And I shouldn't say unknowing because we actually know a lot about it uh, just through science and how radio and TV and internet and all these things work. It's just on a cellular level as human beings, we don't view ourselves the same way. Right. Absolutely. And in, with it, there's something called entrainment. Right. And entrainment is, for those who may not know what that means, that's the fancy word for like attracts like. And so whatever you're truly in alignment with of the energy you're putting out, that's what it's the energy that it's going to connect with. It entrains. The like energies come together. That's why they call it the law of attraction. Like attracts like and they come together. So if you're you know truly in alignment with I want to create, I really want to create financial freedom, and you're in alignment with putting that energy out, not just in your thoughts but you're now actions. You know, what are my actions towards financial freedom? Well, I'm going to think before I just make an immediate instant gratification purchase. I'm going to think before I take on extra debt. I'm going to evaluate. I'm going to do my due diligence. Well, Robert, I, I did investing and I lost on a lot. Okay. But you know, they lost my money. Well, you're the one that gave them the money to invest. So take ownership that you're in control of it. And if you, when you get fully in alignment with whatever it is you want to create in your life. You know, think about people that are very, you know, spiritual and religious that when they fully get in alignment with not only believing in God, but understanding his word, um, studying it and looking at it, that's when they find their life goes in a much different direction than when they just went, I'm going to play it, believing I'm, I'm a good Christian, whatever you go by, right? So it's that full alignment in whatever direction you go in financial freedom, your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, financial, all areas. Coming back to that wholeness that you're talking about with your podcast, you have to be focusing on all areas, not just one. Right. And watch what that can do for your life. Perfect. Well, Robert, thank you so much for coming on today. I like to end our show with the same three questions. And so the first one is, in terms of negative self-talk, what do you currently struggle with? Oh, for me, it's still the self-doubt of not being good enough. Who am I for people to want to learn from? Yeah. yeah I think a lot of us, including myself, struggle with that one. What's the best decision you've ever made? Hmm, to marry my wife. What brings you peace? Being with family. Awesome. Where can uh, people find you and, and connect with you if they want to. Yeah. You know, if they'd love to get a hold of my book, success left a clue as a gift to them, I'd love for them to be able to get the ebook version of it. And they just simply go to robertrealpell.com and they can check it out and be able to download it. And spell your last name with letters. <laughs> I had to, I had to get my warp sense of humor in there. I mean, it's, <laughs> R-I-O, P's and Peter, E-L. So real pal. So just robertrealpel.com. Awesome. Uh, any last words that you want to share before you go? Yeah, you know, I believe the greatest gift that anybody can give the world is to be themselves. Show up for being you and always live with passion. Awesome. Robert, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day. Ah, pleasure being here. When I started this podcast, it was important for me to lead by example, that I wouldn't hide behind a fake mask acting like I've arrived and speaking from the mountaintop. My whole purpose was to be vulnerable about where I was, my failures, my struggles, and my successes, so that I could be a bridge, that I could be a gap in this process of showing people how to change in the areas of faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun, because that's exactly where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I had a coach years ago, and he was the first coach I've ever had. And he did it for a very affordable rate because I couldn't afford anything more than what he offered me. But he told me this, Evan, someday you're going to get in a spot where you're going to be able to give back to others. 
And I want you to remember what I'm doing for you here and now, that it's made affordable so that you can actually go through it. He goes, I believe in you and I trust that you'll do this. And so because of that, it resonated within me that at a certain point when I felt I've had enough hard knocks that I had something to offer other people, I would start a coaching program. And this is that. I am now starting a coaching program and I'm going to make it affordable because by the graces of someone else that helped me out when I was first starting my journey, I wanted to do the same for other people. So I'm going to offer a free 15-minute coaching phone call to anyone that wants it. You can go to the website, thewholepersonpodcast.com and sign up for that free coaching phone call. And if you're looking to have a longer extended coaching relationship outside of that first 15-minute phone call, I have the prices right up front. I'm open about it. And I'd be more than happy to see if we'd work well with one another and can help you reach and achieve the goals that you have in life. Guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the show.